Hi, I'm Matt Pacilli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. I got a break here, though, from my traditional tone of introing the show to say, like, what a joy and pleasure it has been to host this podcast for you throughout the year. And this episode is kind of the epitome of the joy that is this experience. This individual who I talked with for this episode is 27 years old, which is about the same age as last week's guest, Alexandra Austin. And these two could not probably be further from similar. Alexandra having played professionally and playing at a very high level to then this individual who really got his start sorting through bargain bins at thrift stores getting into the game and now in a place where he refinishes clubs and is really part of a niche golf culture and loves the game as much as Alexandra and our other guests that we've had throughout the season. And that's what makes golf so special is that there really is something for everyone to find as their own as you look for your your group or the thing that keeps you coming back and maybe you're not even looking for that maybe it finds you and that's what's so special and as we think about the podcast for 2022 and some of the other content that we develop we really I think there's an opportunity to share more about how people do find their niche in golf in Virginia and I think that is so special. So this conversation is with the gentleman behind the Instagram account, Goodwill Golfing. And I had the opportunity to meet him recently, which was really a great joy. And having this conversation was even better. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Goodwill Golfing. Thank you for joining us on the VSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. This is really exciting for me to have the opportunity to talk with you. And I could build this up for a very long time uh, before we actually get to giving you the chance to speak. But who are you and what is your Instagram handle? Let's start there. Um, my name is and my Instagram handle is Goodwill Golfing. Um, Yeah. So your Instagram handle is Goodwill Golfing, which I am not going to do this justice in in capturing all of the the art and the science also behind what you do. But people should go look at Goodwill Golfing. And I want to get to that more in a second. But where in Virginia are you? Tell us, tell me about your golf story. How did you come to the game, et cetera? Well, um, I'm in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, I'm staying in Chesapeake right now, but I, I'm usually in the Virginia Beach area. 
Um, I actually haven't been in golf as long as people would think that I had been in. Uh-huh. Uh, my, um, I moved in with a buddy who uh, is part of the Anything But Par guys that you, you met through the tournament. Yeah. And, uh, he was real, real into golf, knew, was really good, a lot better than I obviously was when I started. And he kind of was like, come out and start playing with me. And this was about four years ago, maybe. And then I started going to the thrift store and seeing golf clubs like old Titleist drivers and old irons at the thrift store. And I was like, I mean, for two bucks, why would I not get that? And after a while, I had like five, six hundred clubs laying around. And it got to the point where I was like, I need to start taking some of these apart, like doing something with them, like trying to figure out what I can do with them. And that, like from having things that I could mess up, I learned to build golf clubs and just taking things apart, trying to like put a driver shaft and a putter to make it feel funny and just like learn what I could do and make Frankenstein builds and just really just experimenting, honestly, just like trial and error experimenting. And then that's how I've gotten into golf, to be honest. And then, um, yeah, yeah. Instagram has really been the thing that it was an organic thing. This like, I didn't go into this thinking like I'm going to build golf clubs. It just Uh kind of was like one thing led to another thing and led to another thing. And then people started asking me to do clubs for them and do personalized things. And after a while, it just turned into something that just kind of like, I couldn't control. It just is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much to unpack in what that initial statement was. So one thing I caught up, caught on 500 to 600 clubs laying around. Is that true? I mean, it's probably worse than that now, honestly. No. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I could show you pictures of my my little shop area. It's pretty bad, dude. It's pretty oh bad. Oh my gosh. It's a problem. But I mean honestly it's good stuff, so it's not a problem. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's I pick it I anytime I find anything good in the, the bargage bins, eBay, Japanese auction sites, I I buy all the time. So Okay, so all right. Now now okay. Well here here's where here's where we're we're gonna start with the the Instagram handle of Goodwill yes, Golfing. I think the first time that I came across the handle, I thought, and, and, and it was just the handle. It was before I even probably saw the feed. I was like, this guy is like some type of a, a scientist. He's a math, mathematician, he, 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 you know, like goodwill hunting, yeah. like solving problems here on the chalkboard in the basement, like really, yeah, that, that is the angle. Mm-hmm. And then as I read into it more, I took it to be goodwill like the the thrift stores. Yep. Uh, it, is, is that the angle or is there is there an additional play to nod to goodwill hunting? Um, I think that it was just because of- you're cool like Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's because I look <laughs> like a bell. Uh, honestly, I think it was just that. Um, I would find a lot of really good finds at Goodwill when I first started the whole like golf world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like Goodwill hunting the movie and I think it just sounded good. And I just stuck with, I like, I had a, I had a different name before it was like thrift golf finds or something stupid. And then Goodwill okay. golfing just kind of flowed, like just sounded a lot better. And then I just changed it to that and stuck. And then people kept telling me it was good names. So I kept it. Oh hey, yeah, yeah! It's I, such I a good name. You have this great analogy or great thing of why why it is that, but it really just happened. It was just no, like, it's it, good. It it's perfect the way that it is. The handle and and the story. So here's here's what I what I really love about that whole thing, though, is you're getting into the game and you're saying you're going to thrift stores. I'm assuming. Don't let me put words into your mouth. 
-hmm. But I'm gathering that you are looking for an inexpensive way to golf build to golf. Yes, exactly. Talk about that. Oh yeah. So like, um, I mean, anybody that started golf, if you, if you didn't start as a little kid, it's kind of like a shock when you go to buy a set of irons and a new set costs $1,400. And realistically, like I've played golf with a $10 bag and shot a good score for what my scoring average is, you know? And when I got into golf, I found like a couple titles, hybrids at the, the thrift store. And I found a couple things and I had a bag that cost about $30. And I played with that for a year and a half and it was just fine for me. And then I started seeing people that had cool older clubs in their bag that played well still, whether like an old five wood or whatever it was. I'd be like, what'd you pay for that? And they'd be like, oh, my dad gave me this. And it made me realize like you could have a bag that you're proud of and represents you as a golfer and, and suits every bit of your game for a couple hundred bucks at most. And there's cool stuff out there and you don't always have to have the newest technology to play good golf. I really believe that. And so yeah, I just really like to highlight the aspect of it. You don't have to go buy a $2,000 golf bag to be a good golfer or to enjoy the game, one or the other, whatever your goal is. Yeah, and there are affordable ways to get into golf and to yeah. play golf and to continue to play golf. When we had the opportunity, Kent, my coworker, Kent and I, to come down um, – on Sunday, December 5th, to play in the Anything But Par Ryder Cup, which is where we met you face-to-face. -face. Um, that was so much fun, and it was such a great atmosphere of guys who love golf. Um, and, you know, one of the big takeaways that we had was this group just loves golf. Yeah, it's they all just like... It's where fun. am I going to get my next golf? Like, where am I, where am I going to play We're next? What day is that? Yeah. <laughs> Go on about that. Yeah. So in the anything but par guys, those are some of my best friends I went to high school with. And honestly, just really good people. And they put their self-sacrificing to make sure everybody else has a good time. And I try to give as much as I can, whether it's like offering a grip job for somebody if they win the tournament or whatever I can do to make it cool. But honestly, um, Vegas, um, I don't know, I, I'm sure you know, you talked to him. He's half of anything but par, and he, he really does a good job on just keeping the energy something that just, like, people are proud to be a part of it. Like, and you guys came down for the first event, but I'm sure you felt, like, the energy. Like, you're a part of that now, you know? And then, like, everybody's, like, the second you come out there for the next event, everybody will be your friend again. And be like, oh, there's that dude. Yeah. And, like, be stoked to catch up with you, ask you whatever, like, you guys were talking about last time. And there's guys I only ever see in those events. And they're my buddy when I see them. And it's just a really cool little like environment. And um, I'm proud of it. It has like a part of my life. And so like, I just think they do a really cool thing. And like you said, all those guys are just sickos with golf. And like, they're the guys that are trying to get out of work five minutes early to like get nine holes in at the end of the day. And like all those guys are like that. They're, they're lying to their girlfriend about working late to go golf. Like they, all those guys are like that. And um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a really cool little like community we've built. And that's why we're trying to spread it to more, areas and try to get it as big as possible so it's like a big collective of guys that just like can get up and play rounds together i mean how many people were out there on december 5th it was we played ocean view golf course i think say it again it was either 36 kids or um, 36 guys or 38 i don't know exactly yeah i think it was the 36 sounds like it was probably right based on the on the groups yeah. and it was a Ryder cup format that was I don't know. I'll 
because I'll talk to these guys and I'll let them give me sort of the yeah. the overview of it. But it was a diverse group of guys who uh, came to play in this and played in various different formats, four ball, captain's choice and singles matches. And it was just a great time. It was yeah. just a really great time. We got lucky with the weather um, and, you know, getting around Ocean View. Ocean View was a great setup yeah, to be good. able to do it. Yep. And that's what this is about. It, it It's not we need to take this to a particular type of course. No. We're here. Let's do it here. This is where we are. Like, yeah, and, it, and it's about being together. It's not about a championship golf course with those guys. I and mean, a lot of them are golf course snobs, to be honest with you. But like uh -huh. down to like anything but par day, if it's at whatever given course, they're going to show up and play at whatever given course it's at. And uh, we, yeah, definitely. It's it's not like we got to go spend $150 on a round to go play a level 20. So, yeah, definitely that's the vibe for sure. Okay. So now let's talk about about your golf where was the where was the first course you played the, okay, when, so, when you when you first went out oh uh, yeah so this is a funny story so i was a uh, i was a bartender in arkansas um about two hours hang on let me shut my door real quick okay uh, yeah so sorry sorry about that so um i was a bartender right around 22 years old or so i'm 27 now and um uh, these, this group of people were in there getting drunk one night. I worked at a country club and this group of people were in there getting drunk one night and they were like, Hey, and I served them all the time, knew them all very well. And they're like, Hey, have you ever played golf? And I was like, nah, dude, I don't play golf. I, like, I used to skateboard. I did all kinds of other sports. I didn't play golf. And so I was like, no, man, I don't like golf. I'm not doing that. And he was like, he's like, you want to come out tomorrow and play the best ball with us? And I was like, not at all. And he was like, dude, <laughs> we can sit there and drink together and you can play and you don't even have to hit a good shot. It's like, we're not, nothing counts. And I was like, I didn't really understand the concept. So I was like, whatever. Cause they convinced me saying that they didn't have anybody else. And I was their last hope. So I play in a best ball in the middle of Arkansas. I hit uh, one shot that at the time I thought was a good shot. And I was high off of it. Like and that was the greatest thing I'd ever experienced at the moment. Cause everybody was used my ball one time in the day. Uh -huh. and I thought I was the man. And so then from that day on, I went to the thrift store that's kind of where Goodwill Golfing got a little bit of insight. But I went to a thrift store in Arkansas. I got like a, what I get? I don't even remember. Like a Cobra driver or something that I found. Something like that. I don't even remember. Max Fly. It was something that wasn't even that good anyways. And uh, I would go to the range and just hit like a couple buckets of balls with two golf clubs. And that's how I started golfing. And then I didn't golf for about a year until I moved in with my roommate. And then he took me to Virginia beach national. And I used to practice there about three times a week. And then I would just sit on the range for like about four months straight. I, before I ever were like felt the confidence to actually play around the golf. And that was about, that was about it. Now I've been playing everything. Man. And so I'm looking at the Instagram feed now and there's just, I mean, anybody who, boy, I mean, who's been involved with golf, gosh, like ever, yeah. <laughs> there's something for you to appreciate in this feed that you found some of these old tailor-made drivers, um, old Titleist drivers. I mean, like if you were growing up with the game, sort of like I was, or, or like so many people were even around the tiger boom, like- yep 
those Titleist 975D. This is a 975F right here. Um, but some of these blades too. I don't know how old this this one uh, Wilson Staff Dynapower blade is. Like this stuff is awesome. And yeah. oh man, I love actually when guys message me and tell me that like. Hey, my dad used to play with that club and he gave it to me and I used to hit it in my backyard when I was a kid or I get like a little story off of a club that I post. That's mm-hmm. like the best feeling in the world, knowing that I gave somebody that moment of thinking back at their childhood or whatever. That's that. That is cool. So how often, okay, so you get these clubs, you, you, you have five to 600 clubs and beyond, which is like unfathomable, I have two storage especially units. for some, say it again. I have two storage units right now. So if that puts a little... Reference. Oh my! Yeah, it's bad. Oh my gosh! And so, oh well, I gotta come down again. We'll do. We gotta do a video on it's something like that out. because that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so you, so what do you do? How often are you going and hunting? Mm-hmm. And then what are you? What do you do when you when you get it? What, what happens with it? So. Any, I don't know. So like, I wouldn't say I'm like too scheduled with when it comes to like visiting stores. Um, cause I check even like the golf store for like bin finds and things I find in there too. Or if I'm missing mm-hmm. an iron, sometimes I can find them there. But, um, I usually am just like, if I catch myself going to a restaurant in an area I'm not in, I'll go, I'll Google thrift stores and then hit the ones that look like a good time. And it really depends on what I'm finding, you know, cause some clubs, it just needs a little bit of love, like a little cleaning and a grip. And then mm-hmm. other things it's like, I'm refinishing the metal or I'm um, changing the ferrules or doing like a full build out where it grips shafts, ferrules, paint, refinish metal. Just depends on what state it's in and what I know that like, I'd like to think it's a little bit of a creative, like artist situation where I look at something and I kind of like, I'm like, Oh, this is what I need to do to this. I don't really go into it with a plan. I just feel it out. <laughs> in what feels uh-huh. right. And, um, like I said, sometimes I find stuff on eBay. Like I'll buy a set of heads off eBay and then source some shafts and then buy some grips and build something to a standard of like what I'd want to play with. Just like what I think is cool. And then okay. if, like, I, I know that if I think it's cool, somebody else is going to think it's cool too. So that's how I build. And what do you, so what do you do with them then? Do you sell them on eBay or um, do you, you sell them to buddies or what, what happens with them? So usually if you're in the, the like the anything but par circle, you can get first dibs on anything I'm building. I'm like, usually all those guys get deals because I like, like, as you can see, like when we're out there, I want everybody to feel good like them and look cool and feel like they got their own stuff and it's, it's their personal thing. So I'm always going to hook up those guys or like now that we're friends, I'll obviously help you out. That's how that works. But uh, that's, that's the only reason I had you on. I, I figured out. <laughs> uh, no, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying I like to look out for everybody and especially people I play with because it makes you feel good seeing the sets in their, in their uh, bags. But um, I have a website I sell most of my things on. I don't like eBay because it's not as like, it's, it's safe as a buyer, but it's not really safe as a seller and people can okay. like, return things after they've used it, different things like that. And I don't, I get kind of worried and I've had some bad things happen. So I have my own website. It's goodwillgolfing.shopify.com. And um, yeah, I sell everything there. So I just build stuff, put it on there. Most sets I sell, sell within like 30, 30 minutes or so. So uh-huh. when I post them on there, they're gone. Very rarely does anything sit. I know how to change a shaft yep. and re-grip a club. Yep. And I learned that 
one by watching my father regrip clubs. That is pretty straightforward. Um, reshafting came. I think I watched someone and I had to do it because I was going through a period in my life where I, uh, I, w- I want to say it was playing off of a lot of roots and by mm-hmm. a lot of trees, but it was more from a t- yeah. temper perspective uh, that was saying. causing these clubs to break. Mm-hmm. So, and I did, I was tired of spending money to have somebody reshaft it. Yep. Um, where did you learn to do this? Because what you're doing is beyond yeah. sort of anybody picking it up and kind of watching a video on YouTube about regripping and reshafting. Yeah. So my dad owns a building company, builds houses. Okay. And I've been hands on with things, whether it's changing brakes on my own car or I'm the do I'm the guy that if I realize it costs $500 to get my brakes changed and I know I could do them for $35, I'm going to go learn how to yeah. do that. And like, even like when I cook, I cook from scratch everything. And I just like to learn how to do things like full, full way. And mm-hmm. so, um, Ryan Barath, I don't know if you know, if you follow him on Instagram, he's a club builder. Okay. Um, he works with a TXG. They're a real big company. He's been the most knowledgeable guy ever. I can ask him literally anything and he'll send me a video explaining me how to do something. It's like anything with like basic fitting club building stuff. I'll ask that guy if I don't know myself. Um, there's a guy that uh, works at Greenbrier Country Club around here named Todd McDaniel. And mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a club builder as well. I don't know if you're familiar with him. But um, he is a good buddy of mine and he's helped me. Like, like He used to grip all my clothes for me and stuff. I'd pay him to do it. After a while, he was like, dude, you can do this. Just do it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you're right. I just felt like I got to like take a class to learn how to do this. He's like, no, dude, you're sitting here doing it with me. Just do it at your house instead of coming over to my house and do it in my kitchen. And I was like, yeah. dang, you're right. You're, you're right. And so like him having confidence in my skill made me realize like, oh, if he, or, shoot, sorry. But if he if he's looking at me thinking that I could do it, then I know I can do it. And so then I started doing it. And then my mind just started wandering where I was like, I can rust stuff out or I can torch it and I can do all this different stuff. And it just, I don't know. Like I said, it's like you just, one thought leads off another thought and then you get to a point where you're like, dang, I'm doing some crazy stuff with some golf clubs right now. And it just, it, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know. What is, can you, can you think of a particularly crazy thing that you've done to a club? Um, so I had a set of Tezoid uh, pros and I rusted out the cavity in the back of them and then buffed everything else. And that was pretty wild because they're like, the cavity is completely rusted out of orange and everything else is shiny chrome. That was pretty, that was pretty weird. You don't, you're not going to buy that from the store like that. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do. I mean, I do a tie dye grips. I got, uh, um, I build sets as two half sets sometimes so that you, it encourages you to play like, like seven clubs in a set. Instead mm-hmm. of like going out, because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like the less than 14 movement of like go go out with seven yeah. clubs and play golf walk it. Like I'm a big fan of that. So I'll build a set that where like the odds will have red grips and the other ones will have blue and things like that. So then you know that you got two sets of irons here, but they they go together for if you're okay. Husband. Things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I like that less than 14 movement I like myself. Him. Yeah, he's a good dude too. If you follow him, he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, you tag anything less than fourteen, he's gonna re he's gonna repost it. Yep, he always, it. he'll always talk to you. He's a good guy, really good guy. Um, 
what was I going to say here? So the, when, when I was talking to you a little bit on Sunday, it all of a sudden became sort of this niche conversation, not between mm-hmm. you and I, but, but between, between people who were popping in yep. about these, these little golf brands that are, you know, not, not super high end. Well, excuse me, they're high end, like in quality, but not high end in terms of like, everybody knows them. They're universal, yes. like a, like a Titleist or, or a Callaway type of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, how quickly that escalated. There was a guy talking to you about ferals and then he's like, Oh, do you know so-and-so and Hey, what do you, ha- have you heard of Sweeten's Cove? And then yep. it was just like, it just became this like mushroom conversation and, and golf digest did an article a, a year or two ago about the brands that you would see at the ringer. If you went to the ringer at Sweeten's Cove, which yep. is, um, uh, Zach Blair, is that yep. right? Mm-hmm. His, his, his thing. And Sugarloaf guy. Yeah. And sugar, Sugarloaf's involved with that, uh, as well. And, this was a this was a mini version of that. Yes, at, that we had at Ocean View the other day. It's organically and in real time. Yeah, exactly. But all those guys are that's what they're interested in, and that's why I love that group of guys so much. They like the little nichey feels like you vibe and of like what what the Sweet and Cove is, or like that kind of energy of like just like this is our thing, and it's cool if anybody wants to be a part of it. But like we we're proud to be a part of whatever. That's that's what all those brands give you those feelings too. Yeah, I saw I'm introduced myself to a guy named max who showed up he had a max is great i love him yep east side golf hat on yep. <laughs> um all the shoes i can't remember what his sweatshirt was but it was something and he had a jones bag i mean he was like checking all the boxes looked super cool super chill and he's amazing and oh, like ball a mile <laughs> yeah <laughs> you get at the ball a mile yeah oh man it was such a cool thing so what do you what what has 2020 and 2021 this period of the pandemic meant for you or to you in terms of what you do with goodwill golfing has it well, has I there been started then when, when the uh-huh. pandemic hit because um i wasn't working at the time and my girlfriend wasn't working either and we would go to the thrift store because we were bored and look at clothes and just look at stuff and then i started finding golf clubs and then that's when that happened the pain i really owe it to the pandemic as terrible as that sounds but that's when this whole thing started and um it was because i had gotten to a point where i had like way too many golf clubs and i had to start doing something with them and um yeah i i um i and then i also just like people be spending more time golfing because it was like the only thing they had so then you have people that are interested in like sneakers or like just just like uh arty art like type things whatever like you like cars or whatever you like and then when that that mind gets into golf they want something that feels personal too mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of guys that just customize something completely to what you want you know so then that, that yeah and i think a lot of guys learned golf off of their fathers and, and whatnot and um i didn't have that so when i got into golf it was kind of like i i used to work in clothing used to design clothes and whatnot. And so then when okay. I got into this, it was kind of like my brain was set up like that and I wanted to make things mine and it only looked like me and it only felt like me. And then I met a couple guys that kind of were doing things like that. And for BB and FCO is, is really, he's Patrick Boyd. He's amazing. And um, that kind of thing of just being able to like have ferals that are funky colored or 
or anything. Just because, like, I, I'm the guy who likes everything to look just like me. And if somebody else has the same thing as me, it doesn't feel like me anymore. I got to go get something else. And so I feel like golf clubs should be no exception to that if you're spending thousands of dollars on a set or, or you're playing a couple times a week, you know, something should look like you. And yeah. I don't know. Now, how, how deep do you get into the science of fitting or is that sort of completely separate from the work that you do with, with so i wouldn't call myself stuff. a fitter but right. um i also think i'm pretty educated on product right and i've mm -hmm. been in like a place like a let's say golf galaxy and been more educated on the product that they have in their store than the guy trying to sell me something and i've felt that in real time and been like, man, this guy is the guy who's going to tell me what to use. And it was just driving crazy. So I, like I said, I've never taken any classes to fit, but I understand the product really well. And I understand that if you're playing an S 300 shaft in your irons and the ball is going too low, you can switch to a knife on stiff and it's going to go a little higher. And I also know that if your driver shafts going really high, you can get a hazardous and it'll go a little lower than if you're in a 10 seat right now because of tip stiffness or whatever. And I understand shaft profiles really well, and I understand, and I've had so many clubs that I've hit enough things that like I know what it does from my personal ball flight and, and things like that. So um, there's a lot of times I catch myself playing golf with somebody and just like fantasizing about putting them in a different club, and mm -hmm. there's guys that can hit the ball really hard, but they hit it too high or something, and I'm just like, oh, if I could just get you something to lower your ball flight, like just fantasizing about how good they could be. Um, there was actually a guy that was um, in anything but par and he was hitting a ping driver at 10 and a half with a, a shaft that was just like uh, tip soft and he was hitting the ball so high in the air and so hard. And I was like, dude, if you need like a 130 like tip stiff something and it would just get you in this perfect line. Like, and so I feel fitting in me, but I don't, I would never call myself a fitter. Uh -huh. That's a good way of understanding it. Like, and I, I think I can do what I need to do. I just, and I also wouldn't want to be a fitter to be honest with you. Like the guy that sits in the store and it's like, you need to use this. I can fantasize about something like this might really work good, but you never know everything. And I've used the ladies flex nine wood and played it like a dream. And I've also like, like my, you know what I mean? So sometimes there's things are just like, uh, what's the word? Just like, um, based on everything around them, you know, and like everything, sometimes things are just subjective. That's a better word. And it's just yeah. that it looks good, feels good, and it is what it is. It works. So sometimes I have a five wood. The five wood that's in my bag, yeah. I bought at a golf store that in Virginia Beach that's no longer there. And I went on my lunch break during the during this period when I lived there. And I hit it indoors and I was like, oh, I'm hitting this great. Like, and it was used and it was maybe 40 bucks or something. I was looking to put a five wood in my bag. And so I bought it. And I, I mean, hitting it as well as I can for noon on a, you know, on a Wednesday in a dress shirt, but felt fine about it and got it and then went out and played with it. And I was playing Virginia beach national and it was, uh, uh, I think it was 16, maybe the par five because then 17 is par three. And, um, and, and I had like two forty in and I just ralphed this five wood there was a group ahead of us that was up on the green and i hit it onto the green i was not expecting it in any way mm -hmm. so i hit it onto the green and i was like you know apologized and everything 
they were probably happy and, you got a good shot. <laughs> and then it wasn't until like a couple of days later that I looked at the shaft and I, I realized that it was a senior shaft. I yeah. hadn't noticed when I bought it that there was an R after the S. I yeah. just thought it was a stiff shaft. And I was like, you know what? Like it works I'm playing this, like this works. I'm just, I'm just yeah. going with this. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying sometimes fitting's a little more, not as, I don't know, not as much science as people like to think it is. Sometimes if it looks good, it feels good. It plays good. And it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. I, I, it looks uh, good. It feels good. It plays good. I like that. Yeah. That's how I feel though. And, um, I know what shafts work good for me and work and work well for me, but I've all, like I said, I've used a lady shaft and a nine wood and hit the thing like it was my five wood. It was perfect. I was hitting a mile and, and, and just, just sometimes it's like that. And, um, but then if I had an irons with, with regular flex shafts, I'm I'd feel gross hitting them all day. And so certain things are a little more subjective than others. I think irons are a little more specific, at least with my game. And I think a driver shaft is a little more specific, but like with a utility club, like a, like a hybrid or something, I think that something, things like that, people going and getting a fitting for a driving iron is kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Driver's about where I, where I draw the line on fitting and irons, okay. iron shaft. I think it's important to know what you play. Um, wrapping up, is there anything you're really looking forward to in 2022? What can we expect with the, the growth or expansion, if you will, I of think uh, I'm going um, I appreciate you giving me the time to say something like that. Um, I, I'm going to have a lot more sets for sale. I, I've been doing about one a month and, um, now I'm set up with like the little shop area and I should be doing one every week and a half, two weeks now, as long as everything works good and I can keep finding product and whatnot, but, um, just more product more frequently. And, um, I have some merch that I've already made, but I haven't put out yet. So, but I don't think too many people are worried about Goodwill golfing shirts and hats, but that's more so for like our local guys that, that know me and are, are proud of what we do or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's about it. And do you, the last thing, because I think this is a, a common thread that you and I have is Mizuno irons. Do you have a particular yes. affinity for Mizuno irons? I, I, I think I get that question a lot. I think it's more like the, uh, ex- a Japanese forging, I think more than anything. Uh-huh. And I love Mizuno and because there's the most numbers of them. But I like, if you give me an old Hanma tour blade, I'm drooling. If you give me a Titleist Japan release, I'm drooling. Um, Mira, obviously there's, there's some really good brands other than Mizuno as well that don't get as much play in America. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Mizuno, like if I had to pick a, an iron that I was going to play for the rest of my life, it'd be a Mizuno for sure. Mm-hmm. That's I love awesome. Mizuno and and some of the old blades. I think it's just the tiger effect of playing it, playing them in the '90s that they just look a certain way to your eye now, knowing how cool they are because Tiger played them. And so, like that's part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Marshall, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to get to know you better, and it, it was so great to meet you um, last week at Ocean View. That was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to talking with the anything but par fellas because I think they've got a cool movement um, and cool engagement opportunities on their hands. And uh, I like what they're doing. It's really cool. But what you're doing is scratches the itch that I think so many of us are looking for when we scroll through Instagram is cool looking golf clubs that um, aren't necessarily brand new and are reminiscent of something we maybe grew up with or started with or 
might even have in our garage or our caddy shack. So, or in your case, storage unit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, I appreciate you giving me the time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. And big thanks to Goodwill Golfing. The 2021 season is coming to an end, so be on the lookout for ways to renew your VSGA membership in 2022 or visit your VSGA member club and make sure they renew you in the new year. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.